It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the Blind Android Users podcast. I'm Ed Green, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Marian Mosen, Warren Carr. Hello, everybody. And Austin Pinto. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode. On today's show, uh, we have our usual announcements section. In Android Basics, we're going to be taking a look at phone dialers. Then in our In Focus section, uh, Austin is going to demonstrate how to unlock your bootloader in episode two of our roaming series. We then have a new feature, which is looking at the commentary screen reader, which many people are interested in and have asked us to cover. So Mariam's going to demonstrate that for us. In App of the Week, uh, we have a demo from Karine Kivan on CX Explorer, continuing the File Explorer's theme from last week. And the My Android Journey section is brought to us this week by Yannick Placial, who joins us live. Bonsoir, Yannick. Bonsoir. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi, everyone. How is everyone today? Cool. We lose sleep today in the UK. Our clocks go forward, uh, finally. So we'll be back on the same time uh, differences um, with North America as we were a couple of weeks ago. As usual, I'm going to hand over to Austin uh, to kick us off on the announcement section. And before we start the announcement section and before we start the show, I've got a few wishes to give about. And uh, first of all, I would like to wish from our podcast crew, I would like to wish all our Bangladeshi brothers a very happy 50th Independence Day. It happened two days back and it's a delayed wish, but um, we would like to congratulate Bangladesh for 50 years of independence. And uh, another wish is that I would like to wish all the people celebrating Holi. Mostly it's celebrated by Indians, but it's also celebrated at different parts of the world, wherever Indians are. Now, for those of you who don't know what Holi is, Holi is the start of the summer season which is not my favorite season, but it's okay. You require all the seasons. And what people basically do is they take color. I mean, this is a natural color, no artificial colors. Previously, we used to do artificial colors, but now they stopped. They take the color and put it on friends and relatives and they wish each other happy holy. And they have a lot of fun. It's a fun field festival, but... It also brings the start of the summer and tomorrow we're going to have a very, very fiery summer, 43 degrees in India. So at least in my area. So I would like to wish everyone happy Holi and uh, enjoy the show. So this week in the announcement section, not much happened in the news, but there are some updates to the website and some statistics updates like usual. We have crossed 3150 plays on our podcast and we have crossed 41 subscribers on YouTube. So thanks to our listeners for that. And the next announcement is that we have two new guides. One of the guide is how to get Lineage 18.1 to work on Raspberry Pi. This guide was submitted by Jacob Kruger, a.k.a. Blind Biker. He uses an external camera and uses uh, the voice app or seeing with sound. 
to navigate around and it's a very nice guide so you can see it the link will be in the show notes the next guide is a lot of people wanted us to do that and unfortunately our podcast host does not allow an easy way to download episodes and so warren made an interesting discovery and submitted another guide on how to download all our episodes from the website so the link will be in the show notes for that also you can also submit a guide if you have written something or you want to submit it and we will feature your name in the in the contributors list and if you have a website or something that you want to add to your guide you can do that and email it to contact us at blindandroidusers.com so that is it from the announcement section Thanks, Austin. You said it was a quiet news week, and it was, but it might just be worth us touching very briefly on the OnePlus uh, launch this week. Uh, they came forward with, was it three phones? Yeah, for India, it was a three phone, the 9R, the 9, and the 9 Pro. And, and a watch as well. I think, I think for most of the rest of the world, it'll just be the 9 and the 9 Pro. Um, I think the biggest improvements are really in the camera, uh, where they have partnered with a photographic firm to try and get their cameras to a little bit more of a flagship place uh, than they used to be. Fast charging has also increased on the 9 and the 9 Pro, uh, so that you can go from 0 to 130 minutes, which is feels to me pretty cool not necessarily essential the fast charging on the eight uh, which i have was already pretty quick and the other thing about the nine is that um it now has wireless charging previously only the pro model in the eight series well the t might have had it as well but the, the standard eight didn't have wireless charging the standard nine does they get a slight processor upgrade from the 865 to the 888 uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon, obviously, but storage and RAM remains the same. The other thing is that their pricing uh, has also become a little bit more flagship. So where OnePlus obviously offered value, that that's probably closing just a little bit. Like it's still cheaper than uh, an S21 or an iPhone 12, but that price differential to me is becoming less. I mean, I think from my perspective, I've got an eight, um, uh, 256 gig storage 12 gig ram i don't i don't think i'm going to be getting uh the 9 or the 9 pro just for wireless charging and slightly quicker fast charging uh those interested in photography and i know that many blind people are might want to think about it but austin are you, are you putting your hand in your pocket you're a oneplus man you know i'm the oneplus man and i like oneplus but i don't know what happened this year i watched their event and it looked like they didn't have much to offer. There were a lot of marketing terms thrown around and half of the event was about cameras and I do like OnePlus. I like them. I'm going to give them credit where it is due and the watch, wow, don't even get me started. For It's like 17,000 rupees in India and everyone on YouTube, the other channels, our tech channels were expecting OnePlus to launch the watch either under 10,000 rupees or if they launch it above 15,000 rupees, then they should bring Wear OS in the watch. But there is no Wear OS in the watch. That is the most worst part of the watch. It's, it's interesting. They're getting reasonable mainstream commentary on the phone. Like Tech Radar don't think the camera's the finished article, but they think that the improvements they've made 
kind of allows the nine and the nine pro the nine pro particularly i think to stand alongside the other flagship phones and at least at least compete warren are you interested you're you're, you're a pixel man through and through aren't you we're not going to get you over to OnePlus. <laughs> well you know so the problem that i have with the OnePlus um is not necessarily that it's a bad phone at all i think it's a very good phone uh but i think that the the reason why the watch is not running the Wear OS is just beyond me. I don't know. And I'm wondering if that is going to be accessible or not, you know, for those of us who are applying, because it makes sense that, you know, if you're going to put something out there that you should make it accessible. And I hope that whatever OS they're powering this device with would be accessible to blind people. But we know that OnePlus you know, until of late has not been very, especially when it comes to the dialer. Earlier on, it wasn't very accessible. So I'm not kind of thinking that this thing may be accessible. And if it is, then it's going to be a big surprise for all of us. But at 17,000 Indian uh, currency, that's a little bit over the top. I don't know what that converts into US dollars, but that's a little bit expensive. Now, the OnePlus phone is a great phone, and I would love to have one if it only has an SD card. That's what's keeping me away from the one for a uh, OnePlus phone because you are not a Google uh, kind of phone. So you want to be a Google wannabe. Uh, come on, man. Give me that SD card like you have in the Nord. I hate to break it to you, folks. The SD card slot is dead on flagship phones. <laughs> like Mac deprecated the floppy drive and everyone cried and insisted they would bring it back. They didn't. You aren't getting an SD card slot on a flagship phone, boys. Sorry. <laughs> so I have I have two comments. I have two comments more on the OnePlus. And first thing is even the Nord does not have an SD card slot. And the second is in China, what they are doing is horrible, absolutely horrible. They are removing oxygen, no, hydrogen OS, what they were using. It's like the uh, same uh, port of oxygen OS, but without the Google services. So they're removing that and they're using color OS. And if this color OS comes to Google, the Nord is the last one plus device I'm going to have. Yeah, that's that's another consideration. If if you do want to put your hand in your pocket, and it, and it doesn't sound like any of us do, especially, um, although like Warren said, that that they're, they're nice phones. You can get the OnePlus uh, Nine and Nine Pro in the UK from the thirty first of March. In the US, I think it's a little bit later. I think it's the second of April. Yeah, second of April. Yeah, I think second. So, and the OnePlus Nine is going to set you back eight hundred and sixty nine USD. Uh, basic uh, 729 uh, pounds I say basic because there's a 128 gig storage 8 gig RAM option and a 256 gig uh, 12 gig of RAM option uh, the OnePlus 9 Pro uh, comes in at I think it's $100 more and £100 more so you can really see that flagship uh, price gap closing if you want flagship phones for mid-range pricing looks like we're gonna to have to look somewhere else whether that's honor or oppo i don't know but one plus prices are getting increasingly flagshipy which i suppose is fair enough if their features are too but the obvious value they offered i think that that margin's closing a little bit or if you play my game of course you could always go back and get it yesterday's wine and get maybe like the eight or something because i was seeing that those things have were kind of actually having like a three dollar cut today so 
will be a good time to pick up one of those if one is into OnePlus. Yeah, sound advice. Uh, they will have come down now and you'll probably start to see them being listed in secondhand sites too. So keep your eye out for that. In Android Basics, um, we're going to talk about phone dialers. Apparently, people use phones to make phone calls. I, I didn't know this, um, but it's interesting. People tell me they do. And so let's talk about the dialers that come with your phone. A little bit like file managers and uh, file explorers. You might be happy, broadly speaking, with the dialers that come with your phone. But equally, uh, there may be reasons you want to change it. I have my OnePlus 8 powered up and I'm going to show you what happens when I flick through my call history just quickly. I've got an unlabeled button. I think that's probably a call button, but uh, it is unlabeled. The other issue you have with the OnePlus dialer as well is that it doesn't let you answer the phone properly uh, using talkback. Uh, answering calls is quite difficult to do. So you probably will want to replace your uh, stock dialer if you have a OnePlus phone. Um, there are various different options you can use to do that. Um, happily, Google has made the stock Pixel dialer available. So you can go ahead and install that from the Play Store. There are a couple of other good dialers that um, uh, uh, blind people have used successfully and are known to be accessible where the, where the devs listen and, and, and will fix things if they occur. Uh, DW Contacts is one. Truephone Dialer is another. But obviously Google and OnePlus aren't the only manufacturer of dialers around. Mariam, you've got a Samsung, haven't you? Do you like your dialer? Yes, um, I have been using Samsung for quite a while. And since I've gotten my um phone something for my first one and so far i haven't found any issues with my samsung phone dialer and also it has a recording feature but the only thing that actually can be an issue is that it's not re related to the dialer itself but it's related to commentary screen reader users in particular because if you want to type a certain number you need to double tap a long flick a little bit more than usual. Is that, is that like tap and hold you almost have to do to get that into No, it's not double tap and complete hold. Like if you want to, you know, open a list or something like that. Because if you did that, it'll think that you want to assign um, a certain contact for this number. But it's, you know, it's kind of pretty short double tap and long click. So I have my phone here and I will open up the phone app. One UI phone. phone. Here it is. So this is the Samsung phone app. What I would do is five. This the five. I'm using CSR. And then five. It's pretty short. Zero. Zero. You know, almost a normal double tap, but you need to just leave your finger a little bit on the screen. Nine. One. Nine. Nine. See? Nine. So we can say it's nine. Leave it. Nine. Nine. So that's the only issue. I can also talk about the answering calls. Um, before we did have some issues regarding answering and declining calls, but now the buttons uh, appear normally. Uh, before it says swipe right to 
uh, enter and swipe left to decline. If you get this and you don't get, you know, certain buttons or actual buttons, what you can do is hold the answer button and double tap and hold and swipe right while holding the button and it will do what you want. Excellent. Now, uh, Ed, I have a question for you. That unlabeled button that you came across earlier, is that something that can be labeled or is unlabelable? I think you could label it. I think you could use the button, the, the button label feature in TalkBack uh, to do that. I don't, I don't think that's a particular issue. Um, I guess uh, what you might want, though, especially given the other uh, more fundamental issue with the OnePlus dialer, the, the answering call thing, you might just want to swap out the dialer. Do, do you want to label buttons in a, in a dialer where the functionality is going to be problematic elsewhere as well? Because that you probably can't fix quite so easily. Now, Austin, on your Nord, that's the OnePlus Nord, is that button labeled since it comes with the Google Dialer by default? Okay, so the OnePlus Nord has the Google Dialer, but, and everything is labeled because it's a Google Dialer, so updates come from the Play Store and also everything is labeled. There's no unlabeled button there. That's good to hear. One of the things that Marion mentioned with the Samsung dialer, which is because it works on a kind of double tap basis, you can you can double tap and hold to uh, assign speed dial contacts. If you have a, a raise to enter method, like on the Google dialer, can, can you do that, Warren? Can you can you long press to dial numbers on the on, on the on the Google dialer? So on the Google dialer, if you long press on a number, it would for instance, you know, like the zero, for instance, um, would turn into a plus. Now, I haven't, frankly, I haven't tried to see if I could assign, you know, like assign um, contacts by, you know, the traditional method of, you know, assigning um, contacts to like, you know, the digits and things like that. No, I haven't done that. And I don't think that would, but well, it wouldn't hurt to, to try it and see what happens, right? So I'm going to go to my keypad and see. Yeah, so see, um, if I long press on a, f it's not doing anything. If I. Yeah, see, it. Um, only the zero would, would give me the plus, but the numbers. No, so we, we can't long press on the Google dialer and, you know, maybe um, assign contacts that way. Uh, so as a result of that, your contacts are arranged or favorites are arranged by using or basically utilizing the favorites and you could assign favorites like that, but yeah, not by long pressing one of the digits. No. no, the Google dialer is a, is a good, clean uh, dialer though. I, I, I quite like it. Um, I was happy to um, send the OnePlus dialer to the disabled section of my apps list. So I, I, I no longer see it. Moving on to our in focus section this week, and it's episode two of our roaming series. I think episode one was back in podcast episode six. And this week, Austin is going to show us how to unlock the bootloader. Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode of Roaming Your Android Phone. In today's episode, we will be demonstrating on how to ROM 
an A only device, a device with an A only partition structure. We will be showing you how to unlock the bootloader, how to uh, install GWRP, and how to then finally ROM your device. So let's start the device setup for unlocking the bootloader. And in my last podcast, I want to clarify a point before I start the setup for the bootloader unlock. In my last podcast, I had told you that you will require sighted help while you flash the ROM. This is only true. You will only require sighted help to do the following. Allow system modifications while you install TWRP, um, which I'll be showing you a bit later. Checking if your phone is encrypted or not. Again, I'll be talking about that later. And if you install the ROM and if like 5-7 minutes go by and you cannot start talkback, you will then require sighted help to check what is on the screen. Now, definitely, if you don't have sighted help, unfortunately, around, you can do the last step, that is the checking what is on screen after your ROM is, means after you flash the ROM, boot your phone, nothing is happening, you can check it's what is on the screen by using if you have another device if you have another phone you could use apps like lookout or speak or something that will tell you what is on the screen you could also check if your phone is encrypted like that the same way so encrypted is when you boot twrp it asks for a data it asks to it asks for a password to decrypt your data partition Although you have not set any password or anything, but still it asks for password to uh, decrypt the uh, data partition. So you, that means your phone is encrypted and I'll show you later how to decrypt it. I will explain it to you. So you can check that way. So I would say you only require sighted help for swiping to allow system modification. That is the only thing. Okay, that was my explanation. So let's uh, set the device up for bootloader unlock. Device unlock. 2.45 p.m. About phone. Accounts. No account. About phone. Zenfone Max Pro M1. You click about on phone. about phone. Navigate up. IME. Android. IP ad. Wi-Fi. Device. Bluetooth address. Uptime. Third. Build number RQ one eight point two zero one two zero five point zero one zero. Pixel reloaded underscore X O O T one one O two O two O one two. No, this is the build number. You'd want to click on that seven times to enable developer option. And talk back will tell you that you are. That you are ready to enable developer options. So let's do it. Pixel reloaded. You are now four steps away from being a developer. You are now three steps away from being a developer. You are now two steps away from being a developer. You are now one step away from being a developer. Showing numeric password keyboard. Screen lock. Re-enter your pin. And once you successfully click on that build number seven times, if you have set a pin or any unlock method, you will have to enter that. Let me try fingerprint works here. No, it does not. So you have to enter your pin. 
and one, I just set keyboard. up a random pin. One, one, one. Okay. Re-enter your enter your device editing pin four characters. Yeah. Next. Next. Keyboard. About phone. Numeric password keyboard hidden. Build number RQ1A point. And we are a developer. All the talkback should have announced that, but I, it I did not. About phone. So we are a developer now. The first part of the setup is over. The second part of the setup starts now. Phone number, device, so help you want to go back. Navigate up button. Settings. And you system, want to go languages. to system. System. You want advanced to go to recent. advanced. Now, this may vary on different devices. Different devices might have the settings laid out differently. Different Android versions might have this setting laid out differently. So you will have to find the settings yourself or you can search for settings on the top and just type developer so if you type developer you will get the developer option setting here so reset up developer options yeah developer options double tap to activate developer it. enable bluetooth hci snoop log disable now what we are finding what we want to find is enable usb debugging so let's scroll down. Running service, picture call, web view, DSU, system, quick setting, debugging, USB debugging, debug mode when USB is connected, off switch. So you heard Double it's off, debug mode when USB is connected. What this will do, if it's enabled, it will allow us, it will allow ADB to communicate to the device via USB or wirelessly. But I have never tried wireless ADB, so I don't know how that works. But I think it works. You have to enter your device's IP address and such. So let's do that. Let's enable this USB debugging. Let's Alert enable allowed that. USB debugging. USB debugging is intended for development purposes only. Use it to copy data between your computer and your device. Install apps on your device without notification and red log data. Okay, so that was the description. Cancel. And okay, we hit allow. USB debugging connected. Tap to turn off USB debugging. And you heard the screen, the phone disconnect and reconnect again. Now you will get this. This you get another screen. It will tell you that the computer's RSA key is so and so, and it will have a checkbox. Allow. Not checked. Always allow from this computer. Check. Box. Always allow from this computer. So you to want toggle. to check this definitely, check. and you hit OK. Cancel. Allow button. Developer options. USB debugging. Debug mode when USB is connected on switch. In That's it. We are Double now set up for unlocking the bootloader. Okay. Now we have set up our device, and we are ready to. Unlock the bootloader. So let's get started. This is the first step you will ever take in roaming. So I have my Asus M1 Pro here and I'm connecting it to the computer. It's uh, booted in fast boot mode. What we had done last time in the in the part where I showed you how to set up the phone. I showed you how to booted in fast boot mode using the command if you are in the PowerShell in Windows 10 you will have to set ADB and fast boot as environment parts but anyway um, 
if you don't do that the command for everything will be uh, there'll be a dot slash no dot backslash in front of the command so here to boot the phone in the bootloader mode the command would be dot backslash adb space reboot space bootloader so now i'm going to connect my phone to the computer which is in fast boot mode okay it's connected and let me switch to the powershell window okay so to see if your phone is in fast boot mode you will type so you saw that long serial number followed by the text fast boot so this means your phone is in fast boot mode so the command that i wrote is fast boot space devices and the dot slash that you will hear is because i'm in the powershell of windows 10 if you are in cmd window if you open the command prompt there is no need to put dot slash so let's start the procedure let's unlock the bootloader first of all let me warn you again i have warned you in the first episode i am warning you again unlocking the bootloader will erase your data that is your phone's internal storage your apps and all and the user storage that is when you plug in your phone to the computer if your phone does not have an sd card um, the storage that you see with all your files folders whatsapp telegram all, all those music and those folders they will also be erased but if you have an sd card on your phone uh, that won't be erased so you can back up things to an sd card but i would prefer that you have the backup outside on your pc so you have to have a data backup now this is your last chance that's what i've told you okay so let's start the procedure let's put this command okay failed remote unknown command Fastboot error command failed. PSC user Zosti downloads platform full trader. Okay, so you heard the command failed. That is not a good start. Actually, it's nothing to worry. On some of these new fastboot uh, versions, the command is a bit different. And I'll be showing you what the command is now. Okay, so. When I did the OEM unlock command, you heard that the command failed and that is nothing to worry about. On new versions of fastboot, um, the command has changed. So you need to even do research of commands, although they don't change a lot. I think they have changed. This is the only first time that they have changed ever in the history of Android. So now the command is fast boot so i'll put the dot, dot backslash space flashing flashing space unlock okay 0.05 os finish total time 0.05 os psc users are downloads platform tools greater so you heard the the command finished successfully 
Now we have to reboot the device. For that, you have to type dot backslash f s t b o o t space b o o t. Rebooting OK 0.000s finished. Total time 0.014s. PSC users OC downloads platform tools greater. So you heard the disconnect sound. You heard the rebooting sound. The rebooting on the NVDA says rebooting. So. In the olden days, not the olden days, I'm saying, in about, uh, I think uh, this command has come after Android 11 uh, released. I think it came a little before that. Um, in the previous command, in the previous times, the command was fastboot space OEM unlock. And then you have to press the volume up on your device and then the power button. And then the device would erase everything and reboot now the command is fast boot space flashing space unlock you hit enter on that and then you type afterwards fast boot space reboot thanks austin that was really useful and it's something i certainly intend to do for one of my older android phones uh, where a rom is available to upgrade it from nougat which is where it's currently stuck so i shall await uh, all future episodes with, with interest before i try and undertake that now we have a new feature we know that many of our users on the email list and, and listeners um, uh, enjoy using the commentary screen reader so in in the first of a new series on, on, on COM6, Mariam is going to introduce commentary to us and take us through some of the uh, some of the features associated with that screen reader. Commentary screen reader, or the Chinese screen reader, has gotten really popular among blinds and visually impaired recently. And here, on the Blind Android Users Podcast, we will have a series of episodes in which we will talk about how to use the screen reader and how to get the best out of it. first episode of CSR's Basics for Jesus Screen Reader. In this episode, we're gonna talk about what you need to know before getting the app or if you're thinking of installing it. Commentary Screen Reader or Jisho has been originally developed in China. After it's been created, people outside of China were curious about this screen reader and what features does it carry. And then a translator from Audiogames.com contributed to translate the app to English, and now the app is pretty much completely translated to English. And now, recently, they've been working on translating the app to some other languages, like Arabic, French, and so on. If we compare it between CSR and TalkBack, we can say that every screen reader has its own features and its own advantages and disadvantages. If you're actually confused between what version you should install, I can tell you that there are two versions mainly for CSR. The original, or you could call it the complete version, and the international one. The international one doesn't have some additional features that you probably won't need if you live outside of China. For instance, like the Chinese TTS engine, that the complete version does have. CSR also does have a premium subscription, 
which can be an annual subscription, two-year subscription, or even three-year subscription. What you get out of the premium subscription is basically some additional features like advanced text editing and advanced text copying, notification summary, which summarize reading notifications in the screen reader, and sometimes actually it could be pretty useful, app gestures, and backing up some settings to the cloud or your phone. You can install the app through the website, which we will link in the description of the podcast, or the official groups on Telegram and WhatsApp, which the screen reader has. Also, if you are already a user or if you tried the app and you have any feedback, you can send it to the email that's actually in the app up in the up corner. And from my own experiences, the developer is pretty responsive and he replies to your emails in less than 24 hours. As I mentioned, CSR has some groups which are official directly. You can ask questions, give your feedback, or even know about the latest news and the updates, and even install the app. Those groups are available on Telegram as well as WhatsApp. There is an English official group, a Chinese official group, as well as an Arabic official group, and if there's any language that CSR is translated to, you would definitely find the group for it. Also, in the app, in the download additional resources, you would find a list of audio tutorials that actually people have created to help you using the app. Commentary Screen Reader is also available on Play Store, but the difference between the Play Store version and the version that you could download from the group or the official website is that there are some features that are restricted or updates that won't actually be released. In this episode, we talked about what you should know before installing CSR. In the next episode, we will talk about the installation process and we will demonstrate how to configure your settings and how to use it as best as you want. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Great, Miriam, you may convert me, but I don't know uh, if I would be jumping on that train anytime soon, but that yeah, you should wonderful. do that, actually. I should? Yeah. <laughs> that will be another fight between me and Miriam. You yeah, know. I think. <laughs> I remember back in the day, they, at, um, at CSUN and other conventions, they used to have Windows dueling competitions. So they would try and identify tasks that they knew that one of the Windows screen readers couldn't do. And then you'd have people sat upstage from Arctic with WinVision, from GW Micro, from Hentajoy's Freedom Scientific, from Dolphin. And they would all have to demonstrate how they would uh, accomplish this task set by uh, the moderators. Maybe we should get Mariam to think of things that TalkBack can't do and then Matt, we can bring back the dueling screen readers and Mariam and Warren can, can, oh, can yeah. demonstrate. I definitely can do that. Well, that's going to be a nice fight, and I'm looking yes. to a beautiful fight, you know? Well, <laughs> what was really funny was how, how the different manufacturers found different ways to try and get around the things they knew their screen readers couldn't yeah, do. Yeah, and you know what? We can, we can have you, Ed, as a judge. 
you and Austin, and you can say, okay, which is the best. <laughs> I think we should do that. I, I always enjoyed that back when there actually was a choice of Windows screen readers. Remember those days? Uh, continuing our theme from last week, uh, our next feature is a demo from Kareen Kawan in our App of the Week section, who is going to demonstrate CX Explorer. Hello, Blind Android Users podcast listeners. This is Karin Kiwan. I'm going to make a quick demo of the CX File Explorer File Manager application. It's free and um, I will use mainly the swipe method to try to uh, show you the interface elements. And uh, since I'm not an English native speaker, so I'm sorry of if there's any mistake and for anything that is not understandable. Ruthless home screen turbo CX CX file explorer CX file explorer dis more options button I have the more options pop up window settings go from there to settings CX file explorer navigate up button okay, so settings here default apps heading default apps built-in apps heading image viewer not ticked video player ticked music player ticked text editor ticked tick box the app contains um some players with basic function functionality. Um, you can play music, you can um, play videos, uh, you can view images and edit .txt files. And uh, they are considered accessible as much as I tested them. Notification settings, heading. Storage is full, show when the storage is over 98% full. Recycle bin settings, use recycle bin by default, not ticked, tick box. Here, if I'm going to use the recycle bin as the default option when deleting, or I want to delete the files or folders permanently. Show recycle confirmation, ticked, tick box, disable, advanced settings, detect USB connection, ticked, tick box. If the USB connection uh, is detected by the app automatically, so if I'm trying, if I'm connecting a flash memory, for example, using USB on the go, Show system storage, ticked, tick box. If system storage is shown. File size unit, GB. Show advanced menus, heading. Add to home screen, ticked, tick box. Hide, unhide, ticked, tick box. Openers, ticked, tick box. Though uh, the, the, I can here um, specify if I want those options to appear when dealing with the files. So let's, uh, let's say, for example, if I want to have the option to add the file to the home screen or not about heading cx file explorer more options. i'm going back from the settings and main storage let's see here 27 percent 35 gigabytes one images 389 megabytes audio 2.6 videos one point analyze button okay so this information is related to the size used and the main the main storage <clears throat> here i'm not having any uh, memory card inserted in my device and uh, it's showing me the size used and the uh, percentage used in addition to uh, how what's the size taken by each category like images and videos one point analyze button and i have the analyze button i'll press on that navigate storage more option main storage 93.18 gigabytes free 27 percent more button if i press on more it will show me the folders that are taking the most size and uh, i can deal with them deal with the files 
Large files, 3.08 gigabytes. Files larger than 10 megabytes. More button. Okay, if I press more here, it will show me the files that are larger than 10 megabytes. And also I can deal with them, like deleting some of them. Cache files, 352 megabytes. Cache files, clear button. More button. I can clear from here the cache files directly from the app and I can press on more to see um, the cache size per app basis. So if I want to delete just the cache of a certain application, for example. Currently claim track. Cur okay, going back. Analyze button. Selected. Here I am having one selected and the other is not selected. The two are not spoken. Um, the first one is, is the one that is one, the default one actually. And it's the one that's showing me those information. And if I press on the second one. Selected. Those information will be are going to be replaced by uh, some Main locations that I was in. Audio ringtones. Main storage download. So if I press, for example, on that down download here, it will take me directly to the downloads folder. Selected. Selected library. And as I said, the default one is the first one. Selected local. Now the main. Uh, app, app tabs, those are local library and network. You can find them using Explore by Touch also. Uh, they, they are in the row, which is in the middle of the screen. Selected, local, library, selected. Local is selected. Network, main storage, system. System partition. Downloads. Downloads folder. Apps, recycle bean. Okay. So if I, uh, let's uh, go to the main storage and uh, here we will see how files and folders are arranged. And this uh, displaying method is used across uh, all the, uh, the tabs and pages. Main storage, download. See, system, main storage. Acapella. Uh, it's showing me the folders, but if I, Put my finger on the top of the screen. Acapella voices, six, home, navigate up, button. I have those. Main storage, arrow drop down, view. Here I can change some viewing options. Um, CX like file explorer, apply to all folders, not ticked, view, heading, ticked, radio button, not ticked, radio button. But unfortunately, those are not spoken. Not ticked, radio button, ticked, radio, not ticked, radio button, sort, heading. Here is the sorting. Name. I can others, select name, size, and others. Show hidden files, others, heading. Name, others, heading. Show hidden files, show hidden files, not ticked, tick box. Okay, if hidden files are shown. Apply to all folders, not ticked, tick box. And uh, if that, uh, if, if those changes will be applied into all folders or not. Going back. CX file explore, more options, button. Here I can search, I can create a new folder, I can refresh. Home. And I have the home that will take me to the home page. Root. Analyze. Acapella voices, six items. So. Toggle selection. Uh, Alarms, 50. Toggle selection. When I'm swiping next to each folder and next to each file, I will have the toggle selection. Um, some some people may prefer dealing with things using the explore by touch they may consider it easier gm font down easy backups font gm lazy list zero items and uh, 
Android for toggle selection. Some people also may prefer uh, to not have those toggle selection uh, next to each file and folder. They, they prefer to just long press and have uh, the selection mode uh, and, and to uh, just long press to, to enter the selection mode. This is not the case here. Android for toggle selection. If I select this folder. Currently playing track, current lazy list, zero items. Nearly at the bottom of the screen. Bottom menu, say fairy, copy, move, copy. I'm having this, those options. Move, rename, delete, more. So if I press on delete, for delete. example. Delete, preparing to delete files. Folder, 507, ticked, permanently delete, tick box. If I press here, it will permanently delete the files or folders. And if, uh, if it's uh, checked, if it's not checked, it will just take them to the recycle bin. Cancel button. I'm canceling here. CX, DCIM, three, top, documents, two, I, top, download, a Phoebe MP3, 4.74 megabytes. If I press on that MP3. Currently playing track, pause, play. At the bottom of the screen, it's showing me uh, that it's, this track is currently playing. It's playing in the uh, built-in music player. Play or play button. Currently playing track. Currently. If I press on that. A Phoebe M. 0031%406. I can deal with the seek bar. I can. Shuffle button. Skip to previous. Play skip button. Skip to previous. Skip to next. See Com Google Android map. Toggle selection. One selected. Copy. Selecting one. And it will sell, tell me that this item is selected. But in other areas, like in the Apps Manager and in the new section and the, if, if the item is selected or not that will not be told copy but here it's ch to let us toggles two selected toggles selected item ch to let currently playing track so more bottom menu say more see more pop-up window share share compress compress to dot zip properties and the properties now i'll go back ch to let escape launches toggle selection if i select one item i can find one more. selected Play or pause button more. Things like pop up window, compress, open with, open as, open with, open as, properties, and open, open compress, add to home screen, oh, open add to home screen, CX file explorer, more. Well, a Phoebe MP3, 4.74 megabytes. Now or Toggle selection, two selected, just copy, copy something, cancel. I will have also at the bottom, bottom part, paste layer, cancel, paste, we cancel and paste. Showing up main storage. Navigate up main more options. Home. Going to the home page. Audio ringtones. Apps. Now let's see the library. Download. Sorry, the apps. Apps section. Downloaded. Run when or selected. Downloaded. Downloaded and all, which will include system apps. Or run when voice. Toggle selection. Selecting one. Toggle. Run when voice. English GB. 20.55. Toggle selection. But it's selected. Backup. I'm seeing at the bottom of the screen the backup. Uninstall. The uninstall. Share. Share. Open. And open. Store. And to go to its page in the Play Store. Going back. AC Bridge, zero point. CM Audio, ringtones, library. I'll see the library section now. Library. Network. Images. It will categorize things or files due to if, if, they, if they are images or audio or. Audio. Let's see the audio. New pipe one. Okay, it's showing me the folder and the number of file audio files contained in it. So if I uh, enter it, I can view them. 
Und also die CX Files. Audio ringtone. Selected. Local. Um, new files. I have the new files section. Doc videos. Doc new files. Which is something I I think it's very important in the file manager. It will show you the recently added files. So sometimes it will save you a lot of the time. Document new files. You may lose while you are searching for a file. Document new file. Recently added file. Demo MP3 demo the 22nd of March 2021 2021-03-22-14 Toggle selection Demo to MP Toggle selection One selected Toggle Demo to okay, MP so I can select and do the usual stuff here Demo MP3 Going CX back filing. Selected Library Network The third Network. Selected One. Page 3 of 3 Audio Ringtones Document Library Selected Network Access from Network Access from Network Here I can access the files on the phone using the uh, computer. And the easiest way is to use um, is to just enter a, a folder on your computer and then press the F4, delete the path, and uh, enter the FTP link. And then you have to enter the username and password. And you can deal with the files and folders, cut, copy, add, and delete, and all of that stuff. Select. Access from the network. options here. Navigate. Access from scan. Not ticked. Port. Not ticked. Random password. Tick box. The password is generated random randomly by the app. Port. And here the port. Three thousand nine hundred and four. Edit box. Edit it. Password. The password. One hundred eleven thousand one. Ticked. Show hidden files. And Tick box. Hidden files are shown. Start the service to access. Start Let's service. Start the service. But access from network. New location. Case layout. New, new location. Cloud. Remote. Selected. I have cloud. cloud and remote. Remote. Dropbox. Cloud. I have some cloud services like Google Drive, OneDrive, Box. Those are the services. And uh, the remote. Drop. I Google. have Drop. Remote. Remote. Local network. SMB. FTP. SFTP. WebDAV. Okay, so this is my demo of the CX File Explorer. I hope that it was clear and that it's uh, useful. And uh, thank you for listening. Amazing. I'll definitely be trying this. It's actually a good um, file manager. I have that as one of my uh, file managers. And there are certain things it does that other explorers or other file managers don't do. But it's absolutely a nice file manager. If you don't want to use others, that could be a go-to file manager. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully between last week's show and this, we've given you a, a fleet of file manager apps to explore and have a look at, and you'll find something that suits your individual needs and tastes. To conclude our show this week, I'm delighted to say that we are joined by Yannick Bastien. Bonjour et bienvenue, Yannick. Uh, and you're going to talk to us about your Android journey. So when did you get started with Android? Hi, everyone, and thanks, Ted and Warren and everyone uh, who invited me on, on this show. It's really delighted to, to be here to, to tonight or today, depends on when you are listening this. Um, so when I started uh, my Android journey, it was like ages, if I can say that. My first Android device was on ice cream sandwich. Uh, so Android 4.0. Uh, if I'm correct, um, it was a um, 
the first generation of Google uh, Nexus 7 tablets, uh, which was on, on, on Ring for, for All. And um, the, really, so the fun fact of this is what it was a very first device which was accessible for Android perspective, but uh, you didn't have any gestures available. So the only thing we could do is just um, take our finger from the screen from one part to another and and let's say uh, guess what there is under the, the, the finger and then double tap to activate. But there were no gestures, uh, no way to navigate by specific uh, granularity and so on. So there was a very beginning of the of uh, of the talkback screen reader, actually. Excellent. And what was your what was your first phone? I, I had the Nexus Four, so I remember the LG uh, Nexus range uh, fairly um, well. But what did you yeah, do phone wise? But my very first phone. Uh, well, I, I I made an assumption when searching for an Android phone. I I I I thought that Google was the best. Um, the best choice, I would say, to have the most accessible experience on Android. So I started with the Samsung Galaxy Nexus, which was part of the Nexus uh, program, uh, which came with Android 4.1, it was Jelly Bean. And then I switched to have a Nexus quite, uh, well, I switched quite quickly on the Nexus, Nexus 4, uh, the LG Nexus 4, which was a one of my most favorite phone ever, uh, to be honest. Um, and uh, I, I, I kept it quite a long time of Nexus 4. And, and where did you go next? Take, take us through your various phones to the present day. Okay, uh, so next, uh, I actually, I, because of my uh, French podcast and so on, I, I make lots of switch from Android to iOS, to Android, to iOS, back to Android, etc., etc. And sometimes both at the same same time, but on the Android side, uh, from Nexus from the LG Nexus Four, I I get to Nexus Five, um, then Nexus Five X, and then there was a long uh, long pause from the Nexus part uh, because the Google Pixel, which was a very interesting phone, was not available in in France. Uh, Google didn't decided not to, 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 to make it available. So I had to, to change uh, to change from brand and I tried the OnePlus. So I had a OnePlus 5, uh, which was a great phone. And then I had, and I still have a OnePlus 6, which is my backup phone. Uh, it, it, it turned to be like very um, uncon uncomfortable to use because it has, it, it has dropped and uh, the screen is kind of broken. There's lots of things which are not available to do anymore because the, the gesture layer part of the screen is kind of broken, but still it kind of work. And I can sometimes uh, use it to do some chords and so on. So it's, it's really my last change uh, backup phone. So, but and then uh, after the OnePlus 6, I switched a few weeks ago to a Pixel 4a, uh, and that's my daily driver actually right now. And what's the 4a like? 
Um, for the four A is that well, um, it it turned to to show me that I was kind of correct saying that the the most accessible experience is using a Google phone with Google applications and the Google experience from the from from the from top to bottom. If I if I can say that. Uh, applications are very accessible. The phone itself is quite fast, although it's not very latest uh, Qualcomm 8 uh, series processor. But still, it's I'm quite impressed by the um, the smoothness of the overall interface and interface and the overall OS. Uh, it seems that Google made lots of optimizations here and there to to ensure that daily activities are, are quite um, fast and easy to, 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 to do without waiting for loading screens and so on. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to, to, to have this phone, although it's not, um, it's not a long time since I'm using it. One of the most things I like on this is the sound, although lots of uh, YouTube channels and um, reviews say that the Pixel sound is not the best of every sound ever. But still, I think that there is kind of lots of mediums and I won't say lots of bass, it would be lying, but it, it, it has some kind of bass uh, sound which make it uh, really... Um, good to, to hear when you are listening to an audio book, for example, or podcast or something. Um, of course, not music, but some talking. It's, it's really nice to, to have it listening without having to plug it, uh, to plug headphones or to plug to a Bluetooth speaker or so on and so on. That's good. Um, Yannick, I also have the uh, Pixel 4a and it's a good phone. Um, it's absolutely a good phone. So if one is looking into buying one, if you can't afford the 4A 5G, then this would definitely be be one to get. It's what, uh, $349 and- uh, Something and like that, yeah. You'll find mm -hmm. it for like $300, you know, 50 bucks off. So it's a good phone to have. Um, it's a joy to have. I have mine and I think I'm gonna be pulling that thing, playing with it more, but it's a good phone. Of course, it's all plastic. So if you don't like like plastic, then you don't want to go with it. Yeah, sure. The 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 main um, materials used are it seems to be like cheaper. Of course, it's a cheaper phone than uh, than flagships. So uh, you don't have you don't have back glasses for the for the back of the rear of the phone. That's right, it's more plastic. And all, something I didn't mention. And which made me um, go back to Pixel was that with Pixel 4 and well, Pixel 4a and Pixel 5, Google decided to bring back the fingerprint sensor. And that's one of the, I would say, the best things they would do <laughs> to a phone <laughs> to me. Um, I don't like, I, I tried on the OnePlus series with my OnePlus 6, which still have a fingerprint sensor. Uh, I tried the face unlock, which is kind of like a face ID and, and similar uh, features to unlock you just looking at the phone, and it works. Uh, it, it quite works, and it's quite fast, to be honest. I also, I also tried it with the OnePlus 8, 
uh, and it's it's quite um, it's quite fast uh, to 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 use. But it seems to me I'm not very handy when you have your phone in your pocket and you want to unlock it quickly just to read notifications or or quickly send a message and so on without moving up your phone. You can't do that except if you have a fingerprint sensor. Yeah, so this is a Pixel Pixel 4, though, is the only one uh, probably on Android that does face unlock the best. Um, and so unfortunate, Google is not continuing that as we don't have that on either the 4A or the 5 or the 4A 5G. Now, Yannick, did you have any issues, you know, with... Um, when you got started with your Android, were there any areas of frustrations? Were there regrets and things like that? Or did you not quite experience mm. such, uh, you know, letdowns like people like to say? Um, frustration, yes, of course. Regrets, not really. Um, I'm uh, I'm working as a as a as a developer as an engineer, so I I like to solve problems, and I like to face difficulties in uh, in computing. <laughs> so when there yeah. when something that doesn't work, I'm happy to 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 dive in and and see if I can try to to, to kind of find a uh, a workaround or find a, a real solution to it. Of course, there were some some frustration in web browsing, for for example. There were lots of frustrations until, would say, one year or two in uh, from which Google decided and Talkback guys decided to 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 dive in and to to really improve the Google Chrome experience in browsing uh, web content. Uh, because before it was a, it was really a pain to do. Uh, you could do it with Firefox with special gestures, but sometimes it didn't work. And with Google Chrome, it was very sluggish, very slow. So yeah, that was one of my issue, I would say. Um, I would say the only issue I still have is that, although it's being fixed soon, uh, hopefully, is that the, the TalkBack Braille keyboard doesn't understand French currently. And oh. I... And I currently, and, and to be honest, I truly don't know why, because it seems to me it's very easy to kind of add some French computer braid tables. So maybe I'm missing something. Maybe in the need to do some kind of uh, more deep work to, to integrate that. And it seems now it, it understands English, Arabic, and I think it is in Spanish. If I'm correct, uh, currently we stop back nine nine one, uh, but still don't uh, understand French, and it frust frustrates me because unless I want to use um, unless I want to use commentary screen reader uh, combined with advanced Braille keyboard, for example, which is very handy because commentary screen reader can auto disable uh, when the ABK is. Uh, is in the foreground. So that's a very nice feature, but unfortunately it's not available in TalkBack, this feature, this kind of uh, screen reader disabling feature when a specific app came uh, comes to the, to the foreground. Um, so currently that's that would be one of my frustration, but except that, mm, I don't think there are lots of frustrations. I also, um, 
realize that Google made lots of improvements in Google Assistant, especially when you are connecting an headphone with a with your phone and when you want to long press the action button to listen to your notifications, listen to your messages, and may and maybe answer to them uh, even with a phone locked in your pockets. That's very handy. But that's such a shame though, because uh, Braille started in France and. Google, how dare you not include French on there? Come on, man. <laughs> I don't know. I think it should be the first supported language. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly my point. <laughs> I was interested in what you said about fingerprint sensors, Yannick, and it's possibly a question for Warren, as, uh, sorry, for, for Austin as well. Do either of you bother with the on-screen fingerprint sensors that the, uh, Mariam, is that actually with the Samsung? Do, do you bother with your on-screen fingerprint sensors where they exist? Yeah, I use the display in, in display fingerprint sensor. The first time I was trying to use it, I was like very frustrated because that was the first time I think it was mostly on OnePlus 6T, but then I got the OnePlus Nord and then I started using that. So you mean uh, on my currently on my daily driver, it's a PCR 4A, so it's a. Uh, so, so you've got a, a physical one, haven't you? But like on your OnePlus. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It was a fixed physical one. I tried to use um, a display sensor on the OnePlus Eight, which I had for like about um, two weeks. So it's very a very short period of time. So my um, my opinion on this is not really um, clear because, of course, it 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 um, the learning curve is is more important with the, with such devices. So you you have to rem to remember exactly where to put on your finger to to have this uh, fingerprint triggered correctly and your your phone unlocked uh, properly. So it's uh, there were lots of lots of frustration on my side when using this OnePlus Eight um, um, display uh, sensor, but they are. Um, from time to time, they, they are making progress with the technology, and maybe they're on the north. Uh, it's it's better to, um, to it's easier to use as well as on Samsung what, devices as well. Maybe what what I find on the eight was that for me it was the setup that was really frustrating. It it was much less forgiving on setup uh, than it was when I actually tried to unlock it. I guess there's a mm. muscle memory thing as well now. You know, I've been using the 8 for so long, I know where it is. On my Samsung, which really threw me, it's in a different position. Uh, so I have to remember when I've got different phones uh, out and about where, where that fingerprint sensor is. And I'll try and I'll try and unlock the Samsung phone with my finger where the sensor uh, would be on the OnePlus 8 and uh, yeah then, then I realized and probably decided to use my face because I've lost the will to live having failed, <laughs> failed to unlock my phone but I do, I do, I do like them, um, the fact that you know with, with a bit of a bit of patience and muscle memory they work clearly I prefer a physical one uh, but if you do have an in-display sensor and haven't tried it you know, you may find it's not for you, but, but give it a little go. Yeah, I, I think it, uh, it's it's worth trying it. Uh, to, to to be honest, and and do not maybe um, if you guys have uh, some in display sensors, do not do don't do like me. Don't uh, don't act like me, like trying once and saying, oh no, it doesn't work. That stupid phone. Let's uh, get it back and and take another one. <laughs> Just uh, try to be a little more patient, and uh, and certainly you will be uh, 
you will be uh, succeeding eventually. The other thing as well is ignore your manufacturer's advice, which is that if you propose to put a screen protector on, uh, you should do your fingerprint gesture before you do that. Uh, you absolutely shouldn't. You need to train your fingerprint sensor folks with the screen protector on. Uh, otherwise, you'll have a world of trouble. I don't know why uh, various phone manufacturers say you should do it with the screen protector off. I mean, I'm sure the fingerprint does take more easily in setup, but you will, you'll have way more problems trying to unlock your mm. phone, uh, training it uh, in a different scenario to the scenario when you actually yeah. want to use it. It's mad. That makes sense, Ed, because someone like me, whenever I get my phone, the first thing I want to do before I even set it up is put on um, the tempered glass. I never, ever have my phone without a tempered glass. So it doesn't matter what they say. If I get a phone that has an in-glass display, definitely that baby is going to have that tempered glass on right as soon as it gets out of that box. I slap that thing on before I even turn it on. I'm not yeah. going to take my phone out there naked. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do too. Don't be. <laughs> Don't be sorry. It's it's the time to to remind our listeners to uh to not to forget that even if the manufacturer says that the phone is very resistant, that they kind of uh, uh, try to to put it on the floor and and jump <laughs> on it. Um, each um each uh, device like this like phone like watches like uh tablets are fragile by default <laughs> and uh protect them if you want they last long quite right sound advice yannick that's been absolutely brilliant thanks very much for coming on to talk to us about your android journey that was fascinating my pleasure yeah. it was very uh very good to be here that's it for this week, folks. Austin, do you want to close us out by telling us or telling listeners how they can find us? So if our listeners want to find us, they can email us at contact us at blindandroidusers.com with questions, comments, suggestions, with guides and everything. If they want to submit their recorded stories, then they can send it to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. They can subscribe to our mailing list which is nearing 450 members by sending an email to blind android users plus subscribe at groups.io and also subscribe to our telegram group which has now crossed 100 members the link will be in the show notes they can follow us on twitter at blind droid users and also subscribe to our youtube channel Thanks, Austin. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and see you next week. Thank you. Au revoir. And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.